When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Although the Wild's been done for, what, about a month now? I have, I bring to the table today five pressing topics that I want to go back and forth on. Uh, some of them are questions. Some of them are, are analysis. Some of them are what could be considered amusing. How's that for a little tease for you? All right. Five pressing topics. Topic number one, a credit to the Dallas Stars. They get the award in my mind for best coaching use of the pandemic downtime. So the Dallas Stars were, when the season was put on hiatus in March, March 12th, I believe, the Dallas Stars were a team that was pretty, I think, defensive minded the defensemen ordinarily stayed back they didn't join the play they played probably what we would consider to be an underwhelming boring style of hockey despite the fact that they had the talent to do more but they were basically told not to the decision that uh, coach rick bonus made during the break though was very interesting because he clearly called uh miro Hiskinen and john klingberg aside and he said gentlemen if you have a chance to join the play when we're in the bubble in Edmonton playing our uh, qualifying round or actually preliminary round for them and playoff games, I want you to step up into the play as much as possible. In fact, I think he told all the defensemen that. He's getting with the Stars now, their series against the Vegas Golden Knights, tied 1-1 in the Western Conference Finals. Going into last night, five goals and 23 points to lead the team, all right? Klingberg, three goals, 10 points, fourth on the team. Genius to basically say, we got a lot of downtime here, boys. Let's decide to do something different. So that that being said, I want to ask you this question. With the downtime that they now currently have before the start of the 2020 season, what do you think is a realistic ask that Dean Evison and Bill Guerin could decide to do with this current wild team that would improve them starting on opening night next season and is something that we didn't see them do enough this past year? I think it, if if it's trying to replicate what the Stars were doing, asking guys like Hiskanen to jump up into the play and be more offensive defensemen, um, I think the Wild actually have horses to do that. Um, I know Jonas Brodin isn't a sexy offensive player, and he probably can't be. I don't think there's anything more to his game offensively that we haven't seen, or I don't, and I don't think there's anything that can be unlocked to his game offensively. I think he just is who he is, right? And And, and that's a very good player. It's just... I don't think there's more ceiling to his game from an offensive standpoint. Um, but 
can you get someone like Kalen Addison, like a prospect to basically jump into the fold and, and be ready to do something like that? I think if you can have more guys like Matt Dumba and Kalen Addison, we know what Jared Spurgeon and Ryan Suter can do offensively too. Then, then again, you're talking about four defensemen who can probably flirt with 10 goals, um, guys that can be 40 assist guys. Um, you, you definitely are going to see the Wild, I think, play more of that up-tempo game, and which is probably, I think, more likely that I think it's easier to say trade Jonas Brodeen because you can because he's coming up on a contract. You don't really want to give up Matt Dumba because he's a rare commodity. But also, are you going to be able to get the number one center for Jonas Brodeen? Because I'm starting to more I'm starting to think more. You're, it's more likely if you're going to get a top line center via trade, you're probably going to have to dangle Dumba to really get it if you really want the true number one center, because Dumba's game is, is more flashier and, and, it's, and it's more appealing to a team who's trying to give up something and get something and back and rewarded, rewarded for. So uh, I still think Brodin's the one that gets moved, but I, I think that their, their, their defensive trajectory and what they want to do is they want guys to play more like Matt Dumba. And if that means you have to give Kalen Addison, who hasn't played a lick in the NHL, um, significant ice time and let him make mistakes, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm not, I mean. Are coaches though? Probably not. Probably not. Of course not. And, you know, guys like Brad Hunt, Judd, who brought, I mean, he was, as much as I love to rip him, I mean, he, he was more of an offensive sound defenseman and, and was a power play specialist. But I'd much rather see a guy like Kalen Addison getting 13, 14 minutes a night and being on the power play than seeing someone like Brad Hunt uh, get, get that time. Or even someone like Greg Patteron. Um, getting a roster spot for the, you know, for the godforsaken third season in a row, you know, like I'd rather see someone like Belpedio and Kalen Addison, who are offensive first defensemen, get awarded yep. with ice time. And I think that that's what it is because your forward group uh, up until we fi- figure out who the, what center you're going to get, I think is mostly intact. It's more of if you're going to trade Brodeen, who replaces Brodeen's minutes and production? How, how many of your current forwards, Declan, do you think are prepared to play the style that the Wild wants? So like, Fiala's for sure. There's no question. Um, Stahl tries, but I think Stahl wears out quickly now because he's, what, 35, 36 or so. Um, my question is, Is I like the intention of the style, and the up-tempo, is, it's more fun to watch. It can certainly lead to more opportunities. But over the course of a season, my concern here is, and going back to when the system was installed after Bujo was fired, was, how many guys can actually play that system effectively for long periods of time? Because you know what, Dex, you get down to Parisi, and that's a big question mark. I mean, Zach's going to try hard, and he's going to work hard, and he's going to dig pucks out. But if you're telling Zach Parisi, we're going to go, 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 I, I think there comes a point in time in a season where Parisi is is probably tuckered out himself. So I loved, I loved what Dean and Bill Guerin wanted to do. And look, for 12 games, it's possible, mm-hmm. especially with, with the boost of a coach being fired and the adrenaline rush that that seems to give a team. I totally get that. Uh, but to go back to what we're talking about now, just when you look at this entire roster and the forwards especially, and the forwards that this team currently has who can play that style, it's, I think, a pretty small list over an extended period of time. I, I think if I'm looking at the list of guys who can do that, I think, yeah, it's, it's Fiala, it's Kaprizov. I still think Prezi can. Will he break down? Maybe, but I'm not going to, I'm not just going to rule him out and say he can't do it over the course of a season. Cause I still think Zach has a lot of game left in him. Um, I think Luke Cunning can, I still think Matt Zuccarello can. Um, I think Matt Zuccarello, even though he looked a little bit lost, if he's going to make a career out of this, it's not going to, he's not going to change his style and be a defensive first, 
forward by any means. So he's still going to have to be an offensive guy. Can he play um, pace though consistently? But, yeah, I think he can. I don't know he can play at pace. I think he can. I think um, he might be old. I I think I think he can play. I I feel more comfortable with him getting more out of his game than I do with Eric Stahl. And I know they're still they're over their thirties, and Stahl's are like what four or three years older than than Matt Zuccarello is. But I think Zuccarello can play that tempo. I think Cunning can play that tempo. Um, Greenway, I don't know. Eck, I don't know. Uh, Ryan Donato, I like to think he can, but also can you? Will you give him a leash ever to to see if he can be that guy? I also don't know. So basically, if you yeah. can get if you can get a a true number one center or, or a, a significant upgrade in your top six, let's even call it that, and you can have at least three of those guys in Kaprizov, Fiala, and the the acquainted center that you haven't found yet. I feel a lot better that the supplemental pieces around them, if even if they can't play at that pace, can at least stabilize things and aren't won't drag you down. Um, and I think that that that's a big question. I mean, you have to figure out what center you can pair with these guys because. Right now, even if they go out and trade someone, he, he'll be your if though de facto number one center, but will he be a true number one center? We have to wait and see. I think, to your point, I think Donato can play at pace, but they're going to have to be patient, and they're not patient. That's the problem here, too, is at, at some point in time, pretty quickly here, they're going to have to prioritize what they want to see, and, and if they're going to pull the trigger on a trade here. I do think, uh, back to the point of trying to trade for a center, I do wonder if they're going to shop Brodeen in a package of a young guy like a Greenway, who I think still has, I think in the minds of teams, still has upside. And he doesn't treat me, but there certainly have been red flags left and right at times or a cunning. All right. Question number two. How long do you want the 2021 season to be? Uh, and I, I've seen stories about this that our guy Gary is still talking about, no matter when it starts, cramming in. 82 games do you want it to be that long ever again basically and would you be willing to have the 2021 season for the sake of getting it started start in a bubble format uh i i am definitely pro trimming down the regular season um i i I have been a fan of i've been on board with that forever and if that means eliminating bye weeks um you eliminate bye weeks you figure out ways to do that why is it that baseball and hockey in, in, in a normal world, a normal setting, play half as many games as baseball, but they they take longer to do it from regular season to championship. Why the hell is that? People think, oh, there's too many baseball games on. There's too many baseball games on. Then how come baseball finishes before you do? Because they just play every day and their schedule's set and that's what it is. Um, so I am totally for the NHL trimming down their regular season. If that's 70 games, okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. And I, I think in general, it's going to take you like what? It's already going to take you basically – a year and a half to like get back to normal if you're ever going to do an 82 game season. So like I am pro if that means it's 50 or 60 games for 21, 22, uh, excuse me for 2021 with the hopes that you can get back to an 82 game season in 21, 22. Okay. Let's take baby steps there, but don't just do 82 games for the sake of it. Um, in, in terms of your bubble question, yeah, if if that's what it takes to get hockey played, I'm for it. I, I want fans back in the stands. I want to go to games again, Judd. I know you want to go to games again. Fans want to go to games. Totally understand that. Uh, but if that if it push comes to shove, it's either bubble or bust. Then yeah, give me the bubble because I don't want to just not have hockey because there there wasn't a bubble. How about this? Sixty two games, okay? Sixty two. I'm lopping twenty off, and I know that it's not going to happen because of 
season ticket sales and, and amount of games that have to be delivered to uh, regional sports networks, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But what if we thought this out? 62 regular season games and an expanded playoff format that somehow mirrors what we've seen in the bubble. So there's additional playoff games. And, and so the additional games mean something. I'm with you. The 82 games, I don't get. It's too long. It's too much. You know what else, Dex? Too many guys get hurt unnecessarily. Like, the bubble's been fun in part because what? Everybody basically had, for the most part, their roster back to start the playoffs. Oh, my God. Imagine that, right? So could you go to, let's say, 62 games, um, expand the playoff field, do something like you did with the qualifying round? You know what? It might be weird at first, but it was fun. It's absolutely fine. It's quick and it's done. I wonder if there there would be a way to make uh, fans, advertisers, and TV radio partners, TV more so, satisfied and happy with a system that cut down on the regular season games, expanded the playoff teams, expanded the playoff format, because that's fun stuff. What I don't consider fun is, to your point, game 82 or game one of that, Mm -hmm. it's just too much. I think that hockey in the bubble has done a fantastic job. And I think they've stumbled upon some really good things here that they should keep in mind. But if they're going to do that, don't add more. Subtract from the one thing that I think you can subtract from. And, what you know, easily, I believe that that subtraction could come from what we now see regular season-wise. And look, you have to change things like the, the whole this whole bubble format is working because, yeah, we were a star for hockey. And we didn't have any sports. And I get that there's excitement there. But it, it encouraged normal sports fans to watch games more. And the NBA is nailing this. Like the NBA has done this fantastically. And so as NHL, it's just obviously the NBA is a more popular sport than the NHL. And you have to be living under a rock to not accept that. Even here in Minnesota, people are still going to watch the NBA playoffs more than the NHL playoffs. And we are the state of hockey, right? We love our hockey here. And people can't comprehend the fact that people want to watch the Raptors and Bucks over the stars and nights here in Minnesota. Like that, that's just a product of fans loving the NBA more. That does not, yep. And that does not mean that what the NHL is doing is wrong. I I think this is great. I think both sports should be doing this more. We talked to Bill Guerin uh, right before the playoff bubble situation started. And we asked him, do you think this is something that could be in place for seasons to come? And he said, yes, I do. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if it's a 60 game season and then there's another round Robin or something like, or some type of plan, I should say, like that, I'm all for that. I'm I'm for throwing out the old playbook. This sport desperately needs like a jolt in excitement and a jolt in in common fans liking it. I've I've, I've expressed to you before that I I kind of despise the hockey cult community. Like I I can't stand it. It's why you will always be fourth in the major sports in North America. It's because you can't accept that other people don't like your sport. And until you get people to like your sport more, it's advertising more. It's changing things up. It's getting rid of the norm. Change it up. So I'm I'm totally for trimming off the games of the season and putting it in a bubble and expanding the playoffs. Let's start over. I hope that Bettman and his guys and gals, I really hope that they see, because the bubble's been really good. I mean, they've done a great job here. And the ideas are good, and it's been fun. You just hope that they build off this, right? Like, take this and run with the ideas. The ideas have been good. They This league has never had 
in such a short period of time this many solid ideas. They haven't. And you got to hope that they take this and say, this was fantastic. Let's build, build, build. Expanded playoffs. That's fine. What? The uh, expansion Seattle franchise comes in a year from now, I believe. So that's going to expand things out. Um, but the bu- this is as much, this is as hopeful, to word it correctly, I guess, as hopeful as I've been about this league in a long time, as far as embracing different ideas and being flexible and being smart and having some fun. Like th- this is why I've been so down on Batman for so long, because it's always been about the business of this and that. And here's how I do it. And I'm going to negotiate a contract back in the day with OLN and then versus. It's like, what are you doing? It, it, that's all a cash grab. This has been the first time. And yes, it's a cash grab. But the things that they've done in this situation, Dex, for the cash grab, I think have been fantastic. I have never been, and I'm sure I'll get smacked down in a couple months for this. I have never been so hopeful about this league and what it's been doing as what it's done. And, for the I, and, I, and I know I went on a soapbox right there in the last five minutes about how much I, I despise the hockey call community, but I, I agree with you that the what, what they're doing is good for the league. That like what, what, what they've been putting in place here at the bubble and the round robins and, and, the, and, the, and the expanded playoffs, that's a good thing because I think this is the one sport with baseball where they are so reluctant to change. Like the NFL, they'll, they'll try something. If, and if it doesn't work, they'll just be like, all right, we're not going to do that. Pass interference, right? They tried it, didn't work, was a disaster. We're going back to normal. The NFL will at least try it. The NBA right. is always trying to look at new ways um, to encourage fans and improve their game and whatnot. So they're, they're the forerunners of that. But the NHL and the MLB have always typically been such get off my lawn and I don't want to change this type of mantra. So the fact the NHL was willing to do this, I think the results are there that the fans like this. You know, I know Dumbo was against the the playing tournament when we asked him the same question to Garen, but you know, maybe his thoughts have changed. Maybe other players' thoughts have changed too. I think if you know what the tournament's going to be at the outset of the season, you probably wouldn't mind it, right? Right. I, the yeah. Kids' complaint, which I get, was well, we played till March and then it stopped. And look, this is a one-off, um, fun tournament. As far as I'm concerned, it's not part of the 2019-20 season. But that being said, it's been fun. And I think if you went into a year and you told players, you're still going to be paid, but we're going to cut your season down by 20 regular season games and then do a preliminary play in tournament and then go. I think if you know what the rules are from day one, it would be fine. That's true. That's a good point. I did some insiding, Declan Goff. I've got some potential news here for you. Okay. And then a question off of that. Okay. I've been told it's only a matter of time before Gary gets to a podium somewhere and in announcing things for the uh, 2021 campaign, announces that the 2021 January 1 Winter Classic at Target Field will be uh, postponed, will not be played on that date, probably will be the next year or so. One, are you disappointed by this, knowing that the game eventually will be played? Two, do you even care? Because the Winter Classic has become... It was really cool when it started, and it became diluted, and they had way too many outdoor games. And my third question is this. With the delay, would you take the opportunity to change the opponent from the St. Louis Blues to a different team of your choice? Uh, from the Minnesota sports side, yes, I am disappointed. Um, I wanted to go to this Winter Classic. I was very excited to attend it. I know it in general, yeah, it's been down in viewership, and it's not as cool as it, as we thought it was 15 years ago when it launched, but yeah, I'm disappointed that if it if it's not going to be played, and I'm I think all signs point that it, to it not being played on January one. 
Um, even if it's in an outdoor situation like Target Field, we still don't have an understanding of what the hell's going on with the virus. And no, there's no obviously cure either. So I, I would not be shocked if the Winter Classic here is banged here in the next coming weeks. Um, in terms of picking a new opponent, I wouldn't die on the hill. Like if, if, they, if, if Bettman comes back and says, hey, we're still going to play at Minneapolis. It's going to be here on January 1, 2022. I'd say, okay. And it's still wild and blues. I would say, okay. Um, I, I would not, I would not be completely disappointed and I would not boycott it. If it, if they come back and be like, well, it's still the blues. I'm not gonna be like, well, I want someone else. No, I, I, if, if they pick a new opponent also great. Like I, I just, I don't really, I'm not going to die on the hill of the opponent. I just want to see an outdoor hockey game here at target field and, and, and the opponent, yes, it does matter to a degree, but I'm not going to die on the hill that they have to then remove the blues and replace them with someone else. I, I wouldn't do that. This is your chance. National Hockey League. I know it's not as sexy, and I know it's a Canadian team. Give us the Jets. I want the Jets. And if there's a vaccine, people can be shoulder to shoulder again, and COVID-19 has been tackled. I want a bunch of drunk Winnipeg, Manitoba residents to make the drive down here. I think the Jets would be so much fun. The bars would be packed. It would be, oh, I just think that 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 opponent would be so great. And look, the Blues are fine. The Blackhawks, I don't need them to ever be in an outdoor game again. No. But the Winnipeg Jets, man, can you imagine the revelry? And everyone will be so happy to see each other again, and we could all be in uh, in a big crowd again. That's my main point here. Give us the Jets. I just think it would be great. Look, I, I would love Winnipeg. It, it would be a ton of fun. I think that was our consensus pick when we were trying to figure out who the opponent was going to be, um, even though that's not a sexy – marketing play from the NHL corporate side, Winnipeg, Minneapolis. I get that, you know, Minneapolis has a top 15 market. I got to imagine Winnipeg's outside the top 50, obviously. So I understand that they, oh, yeah, they, wouldn't, useless. They, right. they wouldn't, they wouldn't really love that. The TV execs wouldn't love it. But in terms of the regional flocking to the city and, and how much fun that could truly be, it would be Winnipeg. And I would I want nothing more. I was at Tom Reed's watching game, the, the game four of Canucks in the wild this year. And, and on their patio, a socially distanced, and it just wasn't the same. I, I, I want, I want some jets around. Yeah, I had a mask on. I didn't feel comfortable. Those two for ones only hit so hard, Judd. And I, I would rather have a, I'd rather be elbow to elbow with some jet fans. You bring up a very interesting point, and I thought of this. I believe that if we go back to fans in stadiums here fairly soon, and I hate to say this, and look, this this repulses me to say. I think the one thing you probably can't have immediately, alcohol sales. Because, like, if you don't have a vaccine, what's the biggest problem? Like, I think that if you're not drunk or drinking, you're probably pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. But this thing spreads in bars, partially because bars are inside. I, I get that. But it also spreads in bars because you start drinking, your guard goes down, right? You're not nearly as concerned. I wonder if pre-vaccine as we start to get fans back in stadiums if the one thing that leagues are going to find is the one thing they they probably are going to have to cut down on or not have for a time beer and mixed drinks yeah. and i'm serious and and look to be clear if you're if you are a beer distributor out there i hate saying that but it's the one thing that occurred to me that could be a problem because if you go to a ball game or a hockey game or a football game and start to drink I think your guard goes way down as far as proximity to people. I, I can tell you personally, mine does. I mean, 100% oh, mine does. I think everyone else, every, everyone's does. Uh, and I, I don't know if like you can like 
it'd be so difficult to do but like can you implement a two drink minimum like you get your ticket and like there's a stamp on like maybe yeah. there's some type of limitation there um and look i i know people always complain about beer prices and this and that but like i've always just accepted the fact like all right if i'm going to the game yeah i'm gonna pay ten dollars for a beer and i'm okay with that like i am totally like I, is it expensive and is it absurd that i can get basically a whole case for the price of two beers yes it's a, it's ridiculous but i have accepted the fact that i'm attending a sports game and yes. i want to be entertained and i want a beer in my hand while i'm and at, that, when, while I'm at the, the game that's just the price yeah exactly so so yes if, if that's what it takes to like at least put partial fans in in stadiums that hey we're going to cut back on beer sales or we're going to be really strict on how many beers you can buy over the course of the game that's fine uh, like like i said i i'm not going to die on the hill that uh, they have to have home arenas and there's no bubble or, or fans or bus, blah, blah, blah. Whatever gets hockey played, I'm all for it. Give me the Jets and give me as much beer as possible. <laughs> Pressing topic number four, Declan Goff. Who is the biggest surprise team to you in the bubble in a good way? And who is the biggest surprise in the bubble to you as far as who's out? Let's take the preliminary round because it was so long ago now out mm-hmm. of this equation. So starting with the first round of the playoffs, biggest surprise good and biggest surprise bad from the two bubbles, Toronto and Edmonton, which is now consolidated to the Western Conference bubble in Edmonton. Biggest surprise is the Dallas Stars. Um, I did not think the Dallas Stars would be able to do this. They, they've always been a very flashy and sexy team, and people have picked them to finally do it with great top-end talent. But can Ben Bishop stay healthy? Are their defensemen good enough to go over you know, four rounds and get to the Stanley Cup? So Ben Bishop goes down, and Anton Hudobin steps in, and he's awesome. He was dynamite for them. And I, I did not think the Stars would get to the Western Conference Finals. You know, Vegas was my pick preseason, whether like, you know, a whole almost a whole year ago that I I, I said Vegas, I think, is the team that was probably going to win the Stanley Cup. And and that wasn't a hot take. I think a lot of people looked at Vegas's roster and said, yeah, that's probably one of the three or four teams that has a legitimately good shot at winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, biggest disappointment, I, I would say it, it's hard to put it on Boston because obviously, you know, Tuca left this left the situation. But I mean, that Boston Bruins team was was pretty dang good, I think, regardless. And I, I think that obviously those fans are pretty crushed. And I know Tuca's getting killed by those crazy Boston fans. And I'm, I'm not going to kill Tuca for that. If if you want to get out of that situation and you want to be with I your agree. family, I have no faults in that. Even if you have started something and you didn't want to finish it, this is such a weird situation that you should take your safety completely first. Even if I am not as strict as someone else with when it comes to the social distancing and quarantining and, and, and all of this, I can respect anyone's decision to act like that. If my sister wants me to have me over, but she doesn't want me um, to be, you know, grabbing my nephews or, and hanging out with them or wants me to be away from the dinner table and at my own thing, I'm all for it. Whatever whatever makes you feel comfortable, I'll oblige to. Um, so I don't want to kill Tuca for that, but I, I think Boston not being able to get the Eastern Conference Finals probably has to kill them just because of how good they were. Yeah, and that, that was a team that I think is in the Conference Finals if the season had been continuous, don't you? Yeah. And then, but it just stops. And again, that's why this to me is a fun but separate tournament from what we expected was going to happen when everything stopped in March. Uh, Dallas, absolutely. And, you know, Rick Bonus, dude, is 65 years old, interim coach. We don't know if he's coming back. I just, I love the fact that they took the stoppage and basically tweaked or changed their style. That's genius. Right. That, that, that is what coaching is all about. Like, they looked at film and said, wait, 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 hold on a second. Klingberg and Heiskanen are unbelievable. And we're basically ha- having them be Larry Robinson, Rod Langway, stay-at-home guys. This is stupid. I love that change. 
It's absolutely fantastic. It's worked perfectly. So I'm with you. Dallas is the surprise in a good way. My surprise in a bad way was my write that down prediction uh, for the Stanley Cup champion. The Avalanche looked, and they got hit by guys being hurt, including Grubauer and our guy, Landon Scott, got hurt late in the tournament and uh, was supposedly, so he missed game seven, which went into OT, and Dallas won, beat Colorado in a game seven OT. And I read subsequently that his injury was bad enough that he couldn't have played again in this tournament. Uh, but Colorado, man, they, there were times before the injuries hit that they looked phenomenal. I mean, unbelievable. And when McKinnon's going good, man, is he fun to watch. He is phenomenal. And so I'm disappointed, and it's too bad that they lost. Dallas is a great story. Colorado's a more fun team. And that, that's the one thing that I would say about this now. I'm not going to fret about the fact that the Rangers are gone or, you know, Pittsburgh, all the big names. That's too bad. But just as far as the players and probably more specifically the teams that I would have liked it to have seen, Vegas is good, legit. But, like, if you give me a choice, I can watch the Abs or Stars. I'm taking the Abs ordinarily. Uh, Eastern Conference? Islanders, man, I respect them. Barry Trotz does a great job. They did their Barzell is off the charts again. Great. But do I really want to watch them in the Eastern Conference Finals compared to some of the teams I could probably watch? They wouldn't be my first choice. They probably wouldn't be. Tampa Bay is a remarkable story because Stamkos hasn't played. Like Steven Stamkos (laughs) was supposed to be this guy. They they gave him the big contract. He was their captain. Steven Stamkos is MIA. He's hurt. We don't know what's wrong. I don't know if he has COVID. I don't know if he's uh, got a broken leg or what. So the conference finals, I don't think have fallen exactly like I would like as a fan in terms of watchability. Uh, but Colorado man, Nathan McKinnon, cause that, that was legit. You know, McDavid was probably not McKinnon was legit to get through to the uh, Western conference finals. That's my surprise just cause I would have liked to have seen him play. Hey, let me ask you something. Why, why do you think, and I, I see this on Twitter every year what what is it with wild fans? And is it is it strictly just Landeskog? What is it with the wild fans that hate the Colorado Avalanche so much? Because to me, I think they're a fun team to watch. Like like even if I'm in across sports here, like the Vikings fans hate Saints fans. Saints fans for Bounty Gate and this and that. And I think that's a little far fetched. But I can understand why you wouldn't like the Saints. I can get that. The Twins and the Yankees. The Yankees are always beating you. They're not in your division, but they're always beating you. I can understand the frustration. I for the life of me cannot understand why wild fans don't want to watch the Colorado Avalanche. Is it strictly Gabriel Landeskog? Because if that dude's on your team, you're going to flip that script so fast, I know you will. Are you kidding? You'd love him. I love that guy. He's great. Uh, one is, I think, yes. I think what you just said is correct. The other, I think, is jealousy. I think in 2003, because you knocked out Patrick Law, who, by the way, retired, okay? Yeah. You knocked out Forsberg. You knocked out Sackick. Look at that team. And I think Wild fans got haughty. And I think they thought, we've got the upper hand now. 2003, okay? Think about it since then. You played them, and, and you did beat them again in the first round a few years back. But I think their overall talent and skill decks is what Wild fans would like to have. And I think that there's a bit of jealousy there. Also, when, when Colorado got bad, they popped up and got good. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have the type of success that wild fans envy. 
So one is, I think you nailed. Landon Scog is a pain in the ass to play against, and he makes fans mad. And you are a thousand percent right. And if if Billy Garrett, who I'm sure would love to do this, could make a trade for Gabriel Landon Scog tomorrow, Wild fans would be out buying their what ninety two jerseys. They they'd be out celebrating the arrival of this heroic player who they hate right now. But I also think the deeper dive into why Wild fans hate the Abs is the overall success, the consistent success. And look at them now. Declan, look at their top line. I know. If, if you're a Wild fan, and you're right, if, if you offer that line tomorrow, you'd be like, oh, my God, where do I get my McKinnon jersey to? Um, but I think it's a combination of those two things and a haughtiness that goes back to 2003 when you think, now we've got the upper hand, and you had it very briefly, and then it was gone again. It's That's just, my- It's so intriguing to me. Like, I, I, I – I, I just I don't understand it. Like I, I really don't get it because even if Landis God got traded here, and I know I say I flipped the script, but like so it, is is there honestly wild fans that would stop becoming fans of this team oh. because they got Gabe exactly no, I love him. No, exactly. no, 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 you're right. Even, even if they didn't love him, like, they'd accept it. They would just accept it. Accept it, they'd embrace it. But, yeah. he's, a, but he's a complete agitator and he's great at it. Right. He's great, he's fantastic, he's a top line guy. No, you're right, but I do think the ads are a reflection of what Wild fans wonder why they can't have, because mm-hmm. they do have more success. Right. All right, our final one, pressing topic number five. This comes from Michael Russo, as you like to say, friend of the show, friend in the, the show. Athletic today, reporting that uh, Miko Koivu has been told by, or was told according to sources, by Billy Guerin at the end of the season sit down that he will not be retained, that the Wild will not be re-signing him, that his time with the Wild is done, meaning he can either retire or continue playing. Which path do you think Koivu chooses, and how will you elect to re- to remember him as a member of the Wild? I will remember him as, as a franchise-decorated player, the team's first captain. Um, I don't... Even with all the flack you and I have given him and other fans have given him, I don't think I, I don't look at him as a misunderstood player. I really don't. I, I think I think he is a is a as a franchise first player. He loved playing here. He wanted to be here. He wanted to win a Stanley Cup. Did we question his leadership skills and and some things on and off the ice? Fine, but that happens with every athlete. Um, I think he's someone who will eventually be inducted to the Wild's Ring of Honor, if that's what we want to call it. Um, just wait on the Jersey retirement is what I'll say. Please don't retire. Number nine. Brother, Liam. brother Liam's going to be very upset. He's, he's on his, he's on the flight right now. Your brother. And now you're going to piss him off. Yeah, no, I just, just hold it. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not totally against retiring him. I, the number just, just hold off. Let him breathe. Let him breathe a little bit, man. Oh, they, they will. Right. You'd think so. You'd think number so. Nine, number nine in hockey is precious. Like that's Gordy Howe. Ring of Honor, establish it. Um, Incredibly consistent in his prime, damn good. I don't know that he ever realistically should have been put in charge of the locker room, but that doesn't change the fact that he was a very good player, um, that he was a guy who was reliable. I will also give him this, and I, I don't know how you feel about this one, I really admire what he did at the end this year in taking that fourth line role and doing a pretty damn good job. 
Uh, I never would have thought that he was capable of that, that, that pride, that his pride would have gotten in the way, Declan. And so the end to me was impressive just in the sense that he took a role that he probably didn't love and seemed to embrace it. Um, but I also will say Bill Guerin, I think, is on the right track here. It is time to start flipping the script. Um, Koivu won't be back. I'm not going to be surprised at all if uh, Garen takes another shot at trading crazy to the Islanders. I think that that has a good chance of happening. And I think that Wild fans should absolutely embrace that the GM now, after a year plus of sort of observing the canvas of things and making some changes, is going to start to change things more and really is going to give this team a chance for another for another opportunity at a playoff run that didn't happen last time. And I don't know exactly why it didn't. The young guys didn't develop it as well. Our expectations of Parisian Suter and fairness were probably a little bit too high compared to what they should have been. But I think severing ties with Koivu really is going to be a, a very important uh, line of demarcation of the next step for this franchise. And if you keep bringing guys back, it makes it harder to make that step. This to me is probably an incredibly important transition in the wild going to a different place potentially. Yeah, I, I've I have full trust in Bill Guerin. I don't think this is a slow burn type of Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, where you're gonna be horrible for five or six years and and hopefully you'll find some draft lottery luck and and then you'll figure things out. No, I think this is gonna be a year to even if maybe just a year of a slow retooling. I wouldn't even use the word rebuild. I think it's retooling and changing the culture and, and that's what Guerin said too that he, he's not just trying to change the roster. I'm trying to change the accountability and, and change the entire locker room. And I commend him for that. I, God, for God's sakes, I, I would love a GM that just says it like it is. And, and the season ends, he says, yeah, our goaltending sucked. We need to be better at that. I love that honesty. Um, so I, I, I trust Bill Guerin. I agree with you that moving on from Koivu and, and starting the new era, I guess, if you will, of wild hockey is basically upon us. And I'm excited to see where those pieces fall. All right, five pressing topics on Judd's Hockey Show is done. We'll talk to you next week. We'll invent something else, I'm sure, that'll be just as exciting. Who knows? There might be a trade. There might be news. There certainly can be. Declan, take it away. Bash shoot score. He knows he once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.